Joshua chapter number 2. Joshua chapter number 2. As we enter our new sermon series called The Takeover, part 1. Part 1, The Takeover. Part 1, our subject for today is going to be check it out first. Joshua chapter number 2. Joshua chapter number 2. Come on, let's stand for the reading of the word. Are you ready? Then Joshua the son of Nun sent two men as spies secretly from Shittim, saying, Go view the land, especially Jericho. So they went and came into the house of a harlot whose name was Rahab and lodged there. And it was told to the king of Jericho, saying, Behold, men from the sons of Israel have come here tonight to search out the land. And the king of Jericho sent word to Rahab, saying, Bring out the men who have come to you, who have entered your house, for they have come to search out all of the land. But the women had taken two men and hidden them. And she said, Yes, the men came to me, but I do not know where they were from. And it came about, verse number five, and it came about, when it was time to shut the gate at dark, that the men went out. I don't know where the men went. Pursue them quickly, for you will overtake them. But she had brought them up to the roof and hidden them in the stalks of the flack, which she had laid in order on the roof. So the men pursued them on the road to Jordan to the fords. And as soon as those who were pursuing them had gone out, they shut the gate. Now before they laid down, she came up to them on the roof and said to the men, I know that the Lord has given you the land and that the terror of you has fallen on us and that all of the inhabitants of the land have melted away. For we have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea before you when you came out of Egypt and what you did to the two kings of the Amorites were beyond the Jordan of Sion and Og, who, who you utterly destroyed. And when we heard it, our hearts melted and no courage maintained in any man any longer because of you. For the Lord your God is God in heaven and above earth and beneath. And when we heard it, our hearts melted, and no courage remained in any man any longer because of you. For the Lord your God is in heaven and above and on earth. I want you to go back to verse number one, where it says, And Joshua, the son of Nun, sent two men as spies saying, go view the land, especially Jericho. So they went and came into the house of a harlot named Rahab and lodged there. I want you to hear it again. Then Joshua, the son of Nun, sent two men 
as spies secretly saying, go view the land, especially Jericho. So they went and came into the house of a harlot whose name was Rahab, and they lodged there. Father, I ask that you bless us today and strengthen us. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight. It is my strength and my redeemer. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Again, our sermon series on today as we continue to talk about the year of transition. Our theme scripture for this year is Joshua chapter number 1, verse number 9. Have I commanded you to be strong and courageous? Do not tremble or be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Check it out first. Our thought for the day, life is a process. Time is a process. Yet in most, do we rarely view what has been promised to us as a process. And our lesson on today, I want to take you through the process of what promise looks like in the life and the narrative of Joshua. We can see that God grants the nation of Israel another opportunity to go there and to go after their promises. In many cases, we can overlook or bypass the process before we obtain the promise. In chapters 2 and 3, we see that Joshua takes time to prepare his strategy on how he and the people would cross over into the land that God has given them to possess. I would like to focus our attention on the process of preparing for the takeover. When we look at this textual backdrop, one of the things that I, I want to point out here real quickly is that Joshua prepares his men to cross the Jordan. However, he does, he does this. However, before he does this, he makes the choice to do the opposite of what his predecessor Moses did by only sending two men. I want us to look at the comparison of Moses and Joshua. And as you begin to study this and study the life of Joshua, I don't really want you to just focus on the battles that Joshua won because a lot of times we can do the text and we can do the book of Joshua in injustice because we really preach it from just the victories that he won. Not really understanding that Joshua, yes, he was a great military commander, but he was a faithful servant. He was not only a faithful servant, but he, but his life was, was represented through a prophetic mantle where he was able to speak the voice of God. He, he, represented voice, he represented God's voice to the people. Not only was he a faithful servant, but Joshua's life was not just starting here in the book of Joshua, but Joshua's life starts at the beginning. He was there when the children were in Egypt. He was there when they came out. 
He was there with them and experienced the ups and the downs. And he experienced the denial of the first time they tried to enter the promised land. He, he was there on the mountain when Moses had his first encounter with God. He was there when Moses had the laws and the books written of the Ten Commandments. He, he was not just somebody that was just a uh, has-been and just came up, but he was there and he was raised in this nation as a powerful man. Process. Process. He started and now you see him on the backside of his faithfulness. But when we look at the comparison between Moses and Joshua, they're both leading people into a promise. Moses leads the people out of Egypt and he leads them to a place of the promise. But then here it is. Here's the comparison. Moses in Numbers 13, 1 through 33, they get to the place where they see promise and Moses does what? Moses sends 12 spies. In Joshua 2, we can see that Joshua only sends two spies. Numbers 13, 1 through 33, Moses sent the 12 spies to spy out the entire land for 40 days. The entire land. In chapter number 2 of Joshua, Joshua sent them only to spy out Jericho for three days. Can you see the difference already? One was focused on the entire land, and one was focused only on one specific portion or portion of the land. In Numbers 13, 1 through 33, the spies that Moses sent, they brought back proof of what was there. Here it is. They brought back proof, but they gave a bad report. They denied themselves promise. Here it is in Joshua number two. Even though they were there for three days, they were given a place of refuge. They came back with a good report. And here it is. Versus what the 12 did in numbers because 10 men decided that they would vote on the destiny of other people. I believe Joshua decided that's not going to happen this time. If I send two, then that means that they got to come back with the same report. Not only did they come back with the same report, but they accepted the challenge to obtain their promise. Can you see the difference? Moses had to deal with a stiff-necked people. Joshua now deals with men who are ready to obtain the promise, but here it is. They have to learn how to take it over. When you start looking at the book of Joshua, the, 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 the promise didn't happen overnight. 
And, you know, I've been preaching it for, 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 for years to you guys. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. And, and as I begin to do this study and I begin to look at the life in the book of Joshua, I'm saying, man, they, they, they didn't get all of the land immediately. They, they, didn't, they didn't obtain the entire promise immediately. It was a generational process. Say, my promise is a generational process. You may start the process, but your generations may finish the process. Ooh, th this is powerful, and I think that it would, it would ease our minds understanding that it's not your job to fully obtain all of the promise at one time. It's impossible to obtain all the promise at one time time process so Joshua sends the spies and when we think about our theological and textual textual observations here's some things that kind of stood out to me and I want you to look at it the spies went and came into the house of Rahab and lodged there that's a question for me because we were taught that Rahab was a harlot Meaning that she, that she ran, if, if you really want to talk about it, she, she, she ran a, a house of a prostitution. So the men of God, the men of God are going to stay in a house where they're sinning. <laughs> the men of God are, are, are going to spies, are going into a house and they're going to stay there for three days. In the house of a harlot. My wife wouldn't be having that. James, I don't think your fiance would be having that. Reverend, I think you need to come on back home or either ain't going to be me because we ain't having that. What you doing up in that house? What you, matter of fact, how did you know to even go there? Matter of fact, where did she come from? Why wasn't there a temple in place? See, this is what I want to give you when you're looking at process these were men of God they, they, they knew men but now they're in a lodge with a harlot Rahab the spies were sent on a secret mission however the enemy knew that they had been sent to spy out the land who told them who, who, who told them because he sent them secretly he only sent two the rest of the people were across the bridge, so how did they find out? Process seems to be real funny. And then the spies found trust in their enemy who became their confidant and protector. How was she able to gain their trust in three days? Can I break it down to you? Uh, see there, there did he. What was she doing? What were the women doing? What were y'all doing that she had your ears so much that you trusted her enough to stay there for three days in the house of a harlot? Look at the text. They're sent to spy out the land of promise 
and they're given protection by a harlot. <laughs> Somebody that doesn't look like you. Here it is. Preparing for the takeover. Because see, when, you, when you're preparing to take over something, sometimes God is going to use something in the process that doesn't look like what you're used to what God looks like. Process is funny. Process is different, but it's the process. Number one, preparing to take over, you're going to have to do what? You're going to have to, turning, preparing for the takeover, you're going to have to learn turning to one that you don't know can be your greatest asset and resting place. Turning to the one, your enemy. They had to turn and look to a harlot. <laughs> Are you kidding me? I'm getting ready to go into promise and I have to find a resting place in a whorehouse and I'm saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost, just took communion, just came off of a fast and you're saying that this is going to be the way that it's going to be process the two the two spies found themselves in a place where they had no choice but to turn to someone that they did not really know we don't know where they met Rahab at we don't know how they found this house we can we can begin to search for it but it doesn't matter they were there for three days They were in an innkeeper's house, whatever you want to call it, Motel 6, the inn, whatever y'all want to call it. They, they were in a place where men came to sleep with other women, hang out. How many times have you and I turned away the helping hand because we did not know who they were? How many times have you and I frowned upon the person that was sent to cover us in times where the enemy was looking to take us out. How many times have you and I landed in an unfamiliar place that carried a reputation that did not look like the church or the God we know or even the people we know? How many times have you frowned upon a harlot? How many times have you turned the helping hand away because it didn't pray like you prayed? It didn't serve God like you serve God. How many times have you turned around and went back to God saying, I don't have nowhere to stay. I have nowhere to go. I know that you're not sending me to her place because she don't like me. I know you're not asking me to call them. I, I know you're not sending my drunk uncle to give me some wisdom when I'm the one that's saved. Preparing to take over, sometimes you're going to have to turn to the ones that you don't know, to the ones that don't look like you. Number two, you're going to have to tune out the negative energy of what is being said about you. Tune out. The two spies were caught in the middle of wondering, did they make the wrong turn? 
While on the other side, Rahab was preparing to win them over with her wisdom and intellect. However, it was her ability to turn their attention away from the distraction. It's bad enough that you stand in a harlot's house. But now you got to hear the energy. They over there in a hotel. They done lost their church. They done lost their building. They was in one place, can't even stay stable. Now they up in a little small hotel room. Process. Sometimes you got to tune out the negative energy. What's the negative energy? That the enemy's camp is aware of your presence and plans to destroy you. The king says in verse number three, um, Rahab, I need you to tell me where these men are and where you're hiding them from. Where'd they come from? Now, because you're living in a place where your enemy is taking care of you, she lies and says, I don't know. I don't know where they are. I don't know where they came from. Tuning out the negative energy that the king sent word to Rahab to reveal where she was hiding the spies and, and tuning out the negative energy that the soldiers had been given the command to haunt them and to take their lives. When you're in the process, your enemy, can I give it to you, is already aware that you are there. Your enemy is not surprised that you are coming eventually. Your enemy is not going to be caught off guard. Can, can, can I tell y'all something? You can never catch your enemy off guard when you are in the process of obtaining promise. Why? Because your enemy has already been silenced. Your enemy has already been informed that their time is up and this does not belong to you anymore. And eventually, who it belongs to, they're getting ready to show up. Oh, Y'all ain't hearing what I'm saying? Uh, the devil is never shocked that you overcome trial, test, and tribulation. He's aware that his time is up. But if you never show up, he'll stay right there and cause you to feel like he's ruining your life. The enemy of your flesh, the enemy of your mind. You've got to be able to tune out the negative energy. What's the negative energy that keeps causing you to turn back around? What's the negative energy that keeps causing you to stumble? The negative energy that keeps you from pursuing and staying in that harlot's house. Don't leave. Stay right there. Did you hear me? Stay right there. But they come and stay right there. It's all under control. But see, when you don't know what the enemy knows then you'll start talking and running your mouth and giving information that you should not give. Sometimes in the midst of process, you got to be quiet. Sometimes in the midst of process, you got to take what's being given to you. Sometimes in the midst of process, you got to let them think that you ain't smart enough to hide. 
Sometime in the middle of process, you got to hide and lay low. Y'all heard it. Y'all know the street thing. Hey, man, I'm hot. I got to lay low. I just got out the pen. I got to lay low. Hey, 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 hey. I got to lay low, man. I, I'm too hot out here on the street, man. I, I got to lay low, man. I, I, I can't be doing this right now. I just got out, man, and, and I got three years over my head, man. I got to lay low for the next three years. But it don't mean just because you're laying low that you don't work. No, 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 no. You're laying low to cover yourself until you maintain the promise that God has given you. How many times have we just decided, I'm going to just get out here and do what I want to do? I don't need to lay low. I don't need to hide. If I'm going to die, I'm going to die. If they're going to get me, they're going to get me. No, 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 no. See, they're not going to get you. Because God had already promised Abraham that the enemies would be moved out of the way. The problem is, is that when you don't remember what God has promised you, you will cause the enemy to come after you. He's coming after you and he's not going to win. So number one, you got to turn to a house that you don't recognize. Number two, you got to tune out the negative energy of what's being said about you. And then number three, trust your enemy enough to allow them to, to protect you from those who are seeking to hinder and to obstruct you from obtaining and taking possession of what belongs to you. Did y'all hear that? Sometimes you got to find trust in your enemy. <laughs> Are you serious? I got to trust a harlot. I got to trust Rahab. If you take some time and really look at the story, you'll begin to understand that she wasn't an ignorant woman. That she wasn't some dirty chick. That she wasn't some low life that she was very intellectual, intelligent, and she was very aware, and she had major influence. How do we know? Because the king went directly to her. See, sometimes your enemy has influence that you yourself don't have. Whew. And it's okay sometimes to allow the influence of the enemy to get you to the other side. Ah, come on now, because here it is, here it is, here it is, here it is. The reflection of God in your life is going to win that enemy to become a part of your system. But you got to trust the enemy. You got to gain their influence so that you win. Did you hear it? The two spies are not only in a position to trust their enemy, yet they're in a place that they can't go anywhere else. Nor do they have time to find other reliable sources. They only have three days. Say it. I only got three days. So I ain't got time to go investigate and ask questions. I, I've got to be able to trust this process. And sometimes the process 
in doing this. You've got to be able to trust and allow your enemy to aid you in your quest to remain hidden and out of sight. You've got to trust your enemy to assist you in getting back to Joshua. What good is it for you to get into the land and you don't make it back to give Joshua the report that he needs for the other people? Your job is to get there and look over the land, especially Jericho. Why is Jericho important? Because you can't get to Canaan unless you get through Jericho. Oh, Rabbi. Sometimes there's something standing in the middle of your promise. You got to get in and get out. You got to lay low. You got to be quiet for a season. You've got to rest knowing that I have an assignment. And I cannot abort the assignment because I'm incapable of trusting who God has sent to help me. I'm in a storm. And I'm waiting for God to do something miraculous. Sends a small boat. I'm waiting on God. He sends a big boat. I'm waiting on God. The big boat throws out a, a, a life raft. I'm waiting on God. Because God told me that he was going to rescue me and that nobody else would get the credit. My God. At the top of your house, drowning in the water, and he sends a helicopter. I'm waiting on God. I don't, I, I, I don't really fly, and, and, I, and I got a fear of flying, and I don't really like them because uh, they're, they're devil worshipers, and they do this, and they do this, and they do that, and they do that, and they do this. I, I'm going to trust God, and you're going to trust God and die right there on the roof, drown. Don't think more highly of yourself than you ought. That's what the scripture really means. Because Christians can be so prideful that you think more highly of yourself than you ought to. There's a season where God will humble you. And the only way that God can make your enemy your footstool is that you've got to get close to him. And you've got to win him. And you've got to allow them to get you through the next place. Because here it is, the spies had no clue of what Jericho looked like. They had no clue of what those soldiers were capable of. But because Rahab, so can I break it down to you? More likely the soldiers probably have been hanging out at her house anyway. Probably seen the spies and went back and told the king. She got these jokers over there laying up in her house, man. Them the jokers has been coming to take our stuff. Oh, seriously? Just because your enemy is living wrong don't mean that at times God won't use you to rub shoulders with him. You just got to know who you're serving. Did you hear that? You got to know. The conclusion is the process of taking over can lead you and I on a path that goes through the house of a Rahab. 
a person that doesn't serve the same God that you and I do. However, the funny thing about process and preparation is God uses whom he wants, when, and where he desires to. I can look back over my life and see the times where I had to depend on my enemy or a stranger to guide me through my takeover season. I want you to take some time and just think about how many Rahabs have you denied in your season of takeover? How many times have you really turned away because of the appearance and the assumption. She's a harlot. She's a harlot. Wish I could really say what I, I really wanted to say, how they talk on the street. You know, my wife's like, no, no, no. James's like, yeah, 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 yeah. Let, 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 let's bring, she's a trick. She's a thought. She's tricking, man. Now y'all get it. Y'all get what I'm saying, right? Y'all get what I'm saying, right? God is sending you to hang out with somebody that's running a prostitution ring and that person is the person that saves your life. You got to be kidding me. You got to be kidding me. What is my family going to say? What are my children going to say when I tell this story? Woo! Process. Don't always look like Sunday morning. Process. Don't always look like glory. Process. Don't always look like speaking in tongues. Process can look like a harlot that's smart enough because she's already aware of who you are. Because you look different. You sound different. Let's just bring it home. They know who they were because they'd never seen them before. You know a stranger when he moves into your neighborhood. They don't talk like you talk. Don't look like you talk. Don't dress. Don't act like you act. Oh, they, they knew. They, they, they knew. Wet behind the ear. Yeah. They, 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 they're green. Because they stick to themselves. How many times have you turned away because of assumption? How many times have you tuned out their wisdom and their intellect to steer you in the right direction? How many times has God sent Somebody that doesn't pray like you pray, don't tithe like you tithe, and they give you good counsel about that raggedy relationship you in, how you're spending your money, how you're living your life. You walk in the grocery store and God sends somebody to tell you, man, you buying the wrong stuff. Sometimes your Rahab is not going to be your prayer partner. Sometimes your Rahab is not going to be your pastor. It can be the person that you actually look down on. It can be the past. It can, it can be the person that you don't want to have nothing to do with. That stinky drunk person you're riding the bus in, and that person says, you know what, I, I, I'm drunk today. I'm thinking. But you know what? 
Life is good. If I can make it through the day, I'll be all right. Drunk people got sense. Everybody had a drunk on the corner that at one time or another would catch you and say, if I had what you had, I'd do it all over again. Man, what you talking about? We all say that. But that's actually God speaking to you and trying to redirect your path. How many times have we trusted in ourselves rather than finding trust in that God-ordained person to help us? I don't need nobody. It's me against the entire world. So nobody's good enough to talk to you. Nobody's good enough to pray with you. Nobody's good enough to go through with you. Can you imagine if they would have avoided Rahab? Can you imagine what would have happened if they would have went and found another hiding place? If they would have left that place and decided, we're going to hide in the mountains, we're going to hide over here. They were safe in Rahab's house. Because apparently, she knew how to hide. Uh, look at the text, y'all. She knew how to hide people. Come on, lift your hands. You cannot avoid the process in preparing to take over. You've got to accept that sometimes the hand that feeds you it is going to be a hand that you don't like. A hand that you don't recognize. A hand doesn't, that doesn't smell and look the way that you're accustomed to having things in your life. You got to tune out the negative energy and stay focused that you're in a safe place for the next three days of your life. And then you got to trust that you're not being bamboozled that you're not being tricked. You got to trust that God is using your enemy to get you to where you need to get to. That God is going to give you favor with your enemy. That God is going to give you favor in the worst place in your life. That God is going to release his grace and his mercy. That the enemy cannot touch you. Can I take it back? Can I take you all the way back to Joshua 1 where he says, No man will ever be able to stand before you all the days of your life. And I believe that those spies were living off of that promise that no man is going to be able to take my life. God said, be strong and courageous. Have I not commanded you to be strong and courageous? Do not tremble or be dismayed. For wherever you go, I will be with you always. He was with them in the house of Rahab. 
He was with them on that roof as they were hiding, regardless if they were afraid. He said, no man will be able to stand before you. Nobody's going to kill you before your time. Nobody's going to obtain what belongs to you. All I need you to do is be strong and courageous and prepare to take over. But this is the route you got to take. My God. It's the route you got to take, Tierra. It's, just, it's the route that you got to take, James. It's the route you got to, you got some crazy people that you work with not knowing. It's the process. That crazy job can be Rahab's house to your process. That crazy job can be the influence that you need to get to the next promotion. So you got to learn how sometimes to trust what doesn't look like you. You got to trust what doesn't look like God to you, but it's God. You got to be able to find God in it. On yesterday, I walked into a place that didn't look like what I was accustomed to seeing home goings look like. But I understood I was on an assignment. And I understood that I was in a safe place. I tell you that sometimes your process will take you through a journey and take you through a door where you got to see yourself just like the people you're preaching to. Went to a funeral on yesterday. I thought I was supposed to sing. Really didn't want to go. Really didn't feel like going. My wife was just like, do you have to go? I said, no, my friend called me. And I need to go there and just support him. And I told him, I said, man, if I come, I'm not wearing no suit. I'm wearing my jeans and my boots, my backer chain. And I'm going to have on a jacket. That's how I'm coming. If I come, that's how I'm coming. So don't be thinking that I'm coming and being clergy. I ain't doing all of that. Got there. He said, when you come, walk up to the front and sit right next to me. I walked in. With my jeans. My biker chain. My jacket and my boots. He's sitting there all G'd up in his clergy and I'm looking around at all of these young people and I'm like man I'm in the right place today I don't know the song you want me to sing but I'm going to sing something else. He looked me up and down and was like man you look really good. He was like I think you should preach today. He looked me looked me right in my face and said you want to preach? I said man whatever you want me to do man. Not knowing hours before at 6 a.m. in the morning, I was sitting in the barber shop talking to the G's off the block about how I wanted to just be in a place where I could minister to broken and hurting people. And I got up out of the barber shop and I said, God, if you would just give me an opportunity, just give me an opportunity, just, just give it to me. And, and I walk in, I ain't going to be afraid. I ain't going to try to act like I'm like them, but, but I'm not going to be afraid. I'm going to walk in. Stood up there. I didn't browbeat him. I said, I know what it is to be broken because that was me years ago. 
I'm a preacher that still has problems. I'm a preacher that still messes up at times, but, but I've learned how to deny myself. I've learned how to follow. When we were done, lots of people gave their life to Christ. Sometimes God will send you into the lion's den to help some people. My son looked at me and said, ain't nothing but souls in here. I'm like, that's right, it's fish. It's some fish in here. I don't know where they went to church. And I'm standing there in the middle. And I'm looking around and I'm saying, this is crazy. But I felt safe. There was no fear. Sometimes your assignment will take you into a house where there's so much danger lurking, but the danger will not touch you. Did you hear what I said? The danger will not touch you. Because when you know how to act, people understand and they can see the grace on your life. Come on, stand on your feet. I need you to understand that the promise is for your generations. It's our job and it's my job as a shepherd to prepare you how to handle the process of promise. Can I give you this real quick? The children of Israel never fully obtained the entire promise. All through the entire book of Joshua, they're still fighting. They obtained the promise at portions, in portions. But even as we go today, they never fully obtained the entire land. Because somewhere along the line, they denied process. Your enemy is bigger than you think. It's not that easy to just walk in and kick your enemy out after they have been there for years. It's not that easy to just walk in and say, I'm going to eat right when you've not been eating right for years. It, it, it's not that easy to turn around and say, I'm going to be debt free when, when you're not used to being debt free and you're not used to paying your bills. It's a process. It's going to hurt. There's going to be some affliction. There's going to be some suffering. Never thought that I would be eating vegan food all the days of my life. That I would be eating vegan food and I would be craving it. Never thought it. But when you're in process, You'll do some things that you never thought you would do. You'll take on some things that you never thought you would take on. Lift your hands. I command the blessing in your life that you will live in process, that you will gain the victory in process. Today is your day. In Jesus' name.